Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. Before we jump into today's podcast, I do just want to put out a warning that this podcast is not for little ears. If you're listening in the car or on speaker, you might want to save this for another time when you can listen alone. So by now you've probably heard about the movie The Sound of Freedom, and so I thought this was a good time to go ahead and highlight my library experience. I've been very torn to share this experience because I know within even my own circle it was a little controversial, but I also know at the end of the day this is the life that God has given me, and um, you know one day I believe that we all will be held accountable for when we spoke up and when we did not speak up, and so Today I'm going to share with you my experience and shed some light on um, why I think it's important that you're aware of what is going on in your public library and why you've seen my push to encourage you to adopt your own library at home. So let's talk about The Sound of Freedom. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you see it. I was very hesitant to see it just because I am very sensitive when it comes to crimes against children, as I'm sure all of you are. I will say that they did the movie in a way that just was very protective of your eyes and your soul. You know, I'm a big believer that you can't unsee what you've seen. And I just feel like they did a really good job of spreading the message and also leaving you with a little bit of hope. But one of the things that really struck out to me at the end was that, you know, it's a $150 billion industry and the leading consumer of child pornography and child sex trafficking is the United States. So it is a problem here. And when I was talking about it, a friend had posted this. I wanted to read this to you. She watched an interview that Tim Ballard and Jim Caviezel gave. And the question that was asked them is, what can we do now? Like, what can we do to combat this? And Tim responded by saying, it starts with the children. We have to protect them, but we also must educate them. We must educate them about healthy boundaries regarding sex and that it should be a reoccurring conversation. Always educate on what's appropriate for their age. He said that none of these issues are isolated. The books in public spaces intent on sexualizing children, the trans movement, propaganda, the open borders, Hollywood, the porn industry, pedophilia, they're all connected and they're designed, listen to this, to desensitize us to the darkness and reality of it all, but especially to desensitize the children making them even more willing victims. It made so much sense and it was very clear and concise action points. Start in your schools, your libraries, your homes in order to keep the garbage out. So let me tell you about our experience. We were frequent patrons of the library. I mean, we brought them a gift at Christmas time because I was always so grateful for not only just all the resources that we had, but the money that we were saving, like it was just the library was a second home. We were there multiple times during the week. And in our mom group, someone had posted a video. She had gone to the library with her kids. She was kind of just popping around as they were looking. And she was right at the Lego section in the children's section. And she pulled out a book that was extremely graphic. Um, There were illustrations. I'm actually going to pull up the pictures so I can describe them to you. There were illustrations of two men naked on top of each other. Um, And then the, the verbiage in the book very much aligned with a grooming verbiage of like 
do what feels good. Do you know, like kind of along the lines of, of grooming. So throw out morality and do what you feel is pleasurable. So she posts this video and everyone just, everyone just, as Facebook posts do, like it goes viral and everyone's freaking out. How could this be in our library? What in the world? So the next day I meet her, her name is Tiffany. We meet at the library because we're thinking, gosh, if this is there, what else is there? And we start just going through books and what we found was heartbreaking. Um, one of the books in particular, um, not only desensitized children to images, I mean, they're, they're cartoon drawings, but they're anatomically, like you can see everything. Um, there's a page that I'm looking at right now that has a girl pressed up against a wall with a boy giving her anal sex. And, um, it talks about the purpose of your genitalia is to give yourself pleasure. That's the main purpose of it. Um, and then it encourages, hold on, I'm pulling up these images in real time here. Oh, that was the other thing too, is the body dysmorphia. So there's a lot of images that have um, men who have gotten implants, so they have breasts with penises. And this is just normalized. It's not like a special page that talks about the transgender movement. It literally just is like, here's a page with breasts and a vagina and then right next to her is someone with breasts and a penis and that's normal and then over here is someone that has scars from having their breasts cut off like it was normalized in the book there's a whole page on how to have a casual relationship that you don't need to be in a committed relationship to have sex because it feels good and you need to do what feels good um there's another page with very graphic pornographic images on how to masturbate um vaginally with your penis, with your butt. Uh, speaking of butts, there's another page where you can see how to insert a anal plug, and it's very graphic. And then one of the most disturbing pages to me, and I hope this disturbs you, is there's a page with a girl who is on the internet, and the page says, I'm going to read it directly from the page, a great place to research fantasies and kink safely is on the internet. There are tons of people and communities out there who share your interests and will give you all kinds of advice. And then there's a little cartoon guy uh, right beneath uh, a illustration of a man giving another man a blowjob. Um, right underneath, he says, ha, huh, sometimes I worry I watch too much porn. And then this other guy says, he's, he's a guy actually that has breasts and a penis, says, yeah, I know that worry, but there's nothing wrong with enjoying some porn. And I quote, it's a fun, sugary treat. Though if the amount of porn you're watching feels like it's impacting your life, then you might want to pull back a little bit. Um, so it's encouraging children. And again, I want to remind you, this is in the children's section. <laughs> And legally, your kids can go into the library and pull whatever book that they want off the shelf. I learned a lot, okay? So that was one of the books. Another book that we found um, was a graphic novel and a couple of the illustrations. One is where a boy pulls his pants down in front of another boy and says, we're each busting a load into this bottle. If you don't come, you're going to have to drink it. And there's like a scared little boy who you can see the backside of another boy. He's showing him his penis. Um, and then there's another shot where they are in the shower and the one boy is naked in the shower and the other boy is on his knees in front of him. 
So I want to apologize. I, I know it's disturbing and I know it's graphic. I feel like I've almost been desensitized to, I used to be embarrassed to show people these images, but I've shown people so much over the last eight months that I feel like I have somewhat become desensitized. Um, the shock factor is, is gone for me just because I've had to look at it and show it so many times. So to move the story along, we see this, we're really disturbed and the librarian comes over and in the state of Texas, we can legally record conversations. So as long as one party is aware, so I was aware, so I recorded and essentially she spent the next 30 minutes gaslighting us and making us feel like this was our fault and we were the problem and that there was a process we needed to follow. And it was funny because I did not keep my voice down. I didn't yell, but I talked normally and she repeatedly asked me to please quiet down when I, you know, I didn't say anything vulgar, but I was asking like, how do you think this is appropriate to sexualize children? And she was like, please keep your voice down. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to call it? Um, so we left really upset, but she had told us, she assured us, she just said, please follow procedure. We have to follow procedure. Please fill out this form. And so we took, it was a book reconsideration form. We took it we um, had over 300 people fill out this form. I mean, we were going to make sure that this was going to get off the shelf. And so after about 10 days, her and her staff got together and they're the ones that get to make the decision. No parents, it's the staff. So it's a bunch of young um, 20 something years, years old that fresh out of college, they get to make this decision. And so they decided that one book would be removed because um the information about Roe versus Wade was not historically correct anymore because of the recent ruling and which gave the power back to the states. And so they thought that that was historically inaccurate. But otherwise, everything else, the anal plugs, the um, gender dysphoria, all of that, um, the whole page that talks about all the different ways to have partners and how you can identify and some people identify as animals and like all this normalization of all this stuff, this was going to stay um, because it needed to be able to reach certain demographics and that some children couldn't have conversations. And so this was a resource that they had. Now, I am the daughter of a therapist. I am all about, I mean, if you listen to our How to Talk, Have the Talk with Your Kids episode, you know that I'm all about um, making sure that kids are equipped. I'm not the parent that is like, Ooh, don't talk about sex to my kids. Like I just had the talk with my daughter. My son has had the talk. Um, you know, they are very informed about their bodies and how they are designed and we're navigating those conversations as they get older. So I am not like, we can't have any resources, but this is, is not healthy. This this is encouraging. Okay, let's talk about the porn consumption. Do you know how dangerous it is? And I'm going to say the word dangerous because you start this at a young age and it becomes an addiction. And I personally know a family that was destroyed because the dad was addicted to porn and he couldn't shake it. And it ruins your brain. Like if you go and you Google your brain on porn, you can see the difference of what's happening to your brain on porn versus not watching porn. Um, it destroys families. It destroys, you know, the beauty and the goodness that is sex because there's unrealistic expectations. The other problem right now is that it's normalizing young girls. It is normalizing young girls. So in my research to get information to go to the meetings that I had to go to, one of the things that I found 
is one of the things that's being normalized in porn is teen girls, like teen girls. Like it's not like, you know, oh, mom and dad at a picnic and they're, you know, getting it on. It is hot, young, you know, stepdaughter or whatever. Like it's normalizing this with young girls. And I don't care if they are 14 or 15, they are children. They are children. They're children. And so if you start normalizing, and if this is like a gateway, this is a gateway into other things. And I'm telling you right now, you heard it here and I will not go back. I will not back down on this claim. What I believe the agenda is, is to normalize this whole identification thing. I think it's going to normalize you know, well, I'm a 42-year-old man on paper, but I identify as a 12-year-old girl or 12-year-old boy. Therefore, I can have a 12-year-old girlfriend because that's how I identify. And there's actually, it's called a minor attracted person. Like it's a thing. And people are, um, I mean, you can go on Twitter and you can see professors of colleges that are calling to normalize this and to decriminalize um, having sex with minors. And it's horrible. My pastor a couple Sundays ago, we're going through the book of Exodus. And he said, you know, it's interesting because whenever there's about to be a big move of God, there is crimes against children. And I never like had that connection, but it's so true. Like you look at um, Moses, you know, in Exodus and Pharaoh calling for all the male boys to be killed. And then when Jesus was born and Herod called for all the boys to be killed. And so I really do believe that this is also a spiritual attack on our children and on their hearts and their minds. And and it's destroying families. And it's so sad. It's so sad, you guys. So I will say that when we started exposing this, there were two camps. There were a lot of people that were like, wow, you got to watch what you guys are doing because book banners, you don't want to be a book banner because if they, if you take this away, then they can take the Bible away and they can take all this stuff away. And, you know, here's the thing. We were not calling to remove books that had a different um, religion or like, for example, my library has um, books about Wiccanism, Wiccans. Um, I personally don't believe that. I don't align with that. That is not my personal belief, Um, but I'm not calling to ban it. I'm calling to ban sexualizing children. What's interesting to me also is that every single person, every person who accused me of being a book banner or told me like you have to be careful you got to tread lightly they refused to look at the images like I had them I have them in a google drive on my phone so that I could show them to people they refuse I don't I don't want to see that I don't even want to see it and the minute that people did choose to look they said oh well now this is different like oh I didn't realize it was this bad I didn't realize it was this bad and so you know the other thing was that I would get accused a lot of being like you know a far right winger or whatever. And not once, not once have I ever brought up my political affiliation. This is right versus wrong. This is right versus wrong. So I share this with you because we really have to guard, guard the hearts of our children. Like I really believe, I know, I don't even believe, I know, I know in the core of my being that when God put those babies on this earth, my children, He selected me to be their shepherd and their dad to be their shepherd. And I am supposed to protect them and discern for them and pray over them and pray protection over them. And so, yes, do I control, you know, what they can browse at the library? Yes. But there are other parents who are single moms or who are, you know, can't look at every single thing. And then let's talk about the hidden stuff too. Okay. So one of my things, like I'm the type of person that I will 
I will always come to the table with a solution if I have a complaint. I will always give you a solution. And so one of the things that I said is like, fine, if you're not going to remove these, can you please at least label the spines? Like, you know, the Thanksgiving books have little turkeys on them and the Christmas ones have little Christmas trees. So I said, just put a little penis on the spine. (laughs) Can you imagine? Um, Something, like put something on there. And and I was told that that was... um, that that was bigotry and I was not inclusive and that was discriminatory. And they said, you know, we can't label the Christian books. And I said, well, you, really, that would make my life easier if you could. I would totally love if you just put a little cross on there. That would make my, my life easier. Um, and so that's what I was met with. And so my other question is, why does this have to be hidden? Why do we need to hide this? Why is it so important to keep it hidden? You know, there were other books that were not categorized a certain way. It was just categorized as juvenile fiction I'd actually gotten Lincoln one, and luckily I looked it up ahead of time. Um, but this book, it was about a kid who got an inheritance, and he goes on a, like a treasure hunt adventure, and it looked really exciting. And wouldn't you know that in the book, this boy gets raped by his uncle. Now let me ask you, why is it necessary for you to put a rape scene in a book that's targeted towards a 10-year-old? If anyone can email me and enlighten me on who, I, I, I need some help understanding that. I will be open to an explanation, but as of now, no one's been able to do that. The other thing that I'm having a hard time with is that why are we, why are we needing, why do grown men need to be affirmed by children, like getting naked in front of them and cross-dressing in front of them? Why is it so important that children affirm them? Like, listen, if you want to go do that on your own time with adults, like, go. We live in America. Like, that's the libertarian side of me. (laughs) But the minute that you're forcing your ideology and your beliefs on someone, that's not okay, especially children. Like, that is where I draw a hard line, and that is the hill that I die on. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, this girl is, you just need to know, like, there's no changing my mind. Like, please don't bother with an email. This is the hill I die on. There's hills you die on. This is the hill that I die on unapologetically because I just will never be able to rationalize or justify sexualizing children. Never, never. And people want to make this like a LGBTQ issue or whatever. It's not. It is not. This is like if you look at the images that I'm looking at, it's it's pornography. So speaking of, I asked our police officer. So let me get back to the story. So we realize that these books are stained, and so we have to go. We go to the the library board. That's the next step. And so, isn't it great? <laughs> the library board conveniently canceled their meeting that night, and we had a lot of parents ready to go, but they canceled the meeting. And so, our next step was to go to city council. And so, we had probably forty people show up to our city council me- council meeting. And I need you to know, our town is small. I should have said that in the beginning too. So our demographic of our town, I would say confidently that 95% of our town is conservative Christian. Like it's very rural, Bible belt. Um, it just is, okay? So that is the majority. So one of the things that they told us is that they need to be able to cater to the community. And in all the people that I talked to that looked at the images, not one person said, oh, yes, this is good content for children. This is great content for children. No one said that. People were appalled. They were sickened. Um, 
It was not okay. It was not okay. So we go to the city council meeting. I made packets for all the city council members, um, and they were shocked. At one point, we started reading lines from the books, and they asked us to stop because it was on Zoom, and they were worried that people might have children present, (laughs) which was so, it was like icing on the cake because it proved our point. We're like, oh, okay, but it's okay to have accessible in the library. That's fantastic. Um, So then they had the librarian come up, and up until this point, I really was giving her the benefit of the doubt. I really, because I had a personal relationship with her, I mean, somewhat, it was like, I should say casual relationship, but like, you know, I felt like, you know, like, okay, she made a mistake, or maybe this one slipped under her, and she didn't realize what was in it. She's going to make this right. So they asked her, they have the images in front of them, and they said, do you see anything, you know, wrong? Like, do you feel like these are appropriate for children? Do you think see anything wrong with these Um, And she said, no, I see nothing wrong with the books that we have in the library. And it was at that point where I realized, okay, we are getting a divorce. (laughs) I thought that she would honestly lose her job. Like I thought that would wake a lot of people up to, because I mean, you just can't, if someone's going to tell you that images like this are appropriate for a child to see, there's something not connecting there. They have been severely brainwashed into thinking that this is okay, in my opinion. And so um, I really thought she was going to lose her job at that point, but that didn't happen. Um, And so they did, what they did was, it's called culling the books. They did it very, like, they were worried about, um, like, vigilante, that's what they called them, vigilante groups coming in and suing the city if they removed books. And I said, that's interesting that you're more worried about them and not mama bears who will protect their children no matter what. And, um, so they did a process called culling the books and they, they did, a, they did make their way off the shelf, but there was no like formal statement. It was very much like brushed under the rug. Let's appease her. I mean, I'm sure I'm their favorite person. I'm positive. Um, but even with that, I no longer felt safe to go to the library. There was other things that I uncovered too, that I wasn't aware of, like the affiliation with the American Library Association. So a lot of libraries are affiliated with this, um, it's not a government-run organization. They make themselves out like they are. Um, but this is an organization that your library pays to be a part of. And then they get to nominate themselves for awards. So it was really funny because we would see <laughs> the librarian getting these awards knowing that she had nominated herself, which is kind of funny. Um, and so they give like book lists. Like you have to sort this. You have to have this percentage of inclusivity in your library and all these things. And so um, that's where a lot of this was stemming from. And so one of our requests was that they break the ties with the ALA. There's other organizations you can be a part of. And that did not happen. They chose to remain part of the ALA. And if you go to the ALA website, there are seminars that librarians can take on how to combat uh, book banning parents. Okay, so the ALA actually has training now for librarians. So basically, if you have a challenge book, this is what you do. And they have like a toolkit. And they actually had an article that saying that book challenges are on the rise. So that actually makes me smile because I'm not alone. <laughs> I am not alone. Like more and more parents are waking up to what is happening in your local library. And it affects you as a homeschooler. Like you hear about the horrors of what's the public school libraries. No, no, no. It's in your local public library as well. But hang with me. I'm going to give you some suggestions at the end of things that we can do to combat this. So 
essentially they have a toolkit for what to do if this hits the media. Ours did hit the media. Our story did hit the media. Um, what to do when you have hearings that arise. Um, and so she basically had a toolkit and uh, legal help if she needed it to help not ban the books. So um, after, so what happened is we kept going to the city council meetings and I I was adamant that I would keep going until this was resolved. And so I did. I went for a good five months and I spoke at every single one. I mean, I'm telling you guys, they probably hate me. Like I, I was not, I just kept going. I was persistent. I was not going to back down. And um, so then they decided to cull the books in our library. I think I mentioned that. And those books did make their way off the shelf. Um, however, they rewrote an entire new library policy that more so protects the librarian. Um, what was interesting, a couple things. I had asked a police officer, I showed him the images, and I said, what would happen if I showed these to a child? And he said, you would be arrested for um, indecent exposure. It was the Texas Penal Code. I don't remember which one, but basically I, I would get arrested. And I said, but how is the librarian allowed to show this? And he said, well, that's the loophole. She's an educator. And I was like, no, she's not. She's a librarian. She's not an educator. Um so this is where we can write congressmen and, and which I will continue. Like I'm not dropping this. I have other plans, but I'm not dropping this. I am going to keep moving forward with legal and also political. This is where I am making it political, which I mean by I'm just going to be contacting lawmakers. We need to get laws in place that don't allow the sexualization of children. Like hear me, you can educate children on their bodies and their sex. You could even like this. These are the list of suggestions I made them. I said, okay, fine. You're going to keep these books. Why don't you keep them? Have like a, um, a box on the library shelf that's called the sex ed toolkit for parents. Go to the library desk. And then you have it that you can hand the parents. This should not be where my child can just pull it off and start flipping through. How many of you have, have, you have done that? You've gone to the library. We've all done it. Your kids each have a bag and you say, go browse the books. You cannot do that anymore. That is, that is that is a dead concept. Like, hear me, mamas. It is hidden everywhere, and there is no penalty for it. <laughs> there is no consequence for it. It is legally, at this point, okay. You know what else is legal? To view pornography on a computer in the library. So, yeah, we don't use the library computers. That was, a, that was something we found out that was kind of a shocker. Shock City Council, too. They're like, you have no porn filters? Nope, because it's a library. It's a place of education. So what ended up happening with us is that after I realized that this was not going to end, like, sure, they were going to remove books, but there's going to be more ordered. And I didn't feel safe. I didn't. And also, like, they hated me there. And I don't want to <laughs> go someplace where they hate me. But I was getting phone calls. Like, I had friends whose daughters worked at the library. And they're like, Leah, if you knew the trash that they're talking about you, which is whatever, fine. They're going to have to deal with God one day. But I just didn't feel. It was not like a warm, welcoming environment. Thank God that we had our local church library. Um, that has been a godsend. So if Miss Karen is listening, we love you, Miss Karen. We appreciate you. I really believe that. God went before you, like before this time, like he knew our community needed this. And so the first thing I would suggest that you do is find out if your town has a start with a church library and it might even have a private library. If you go to the website, biblioguides.com, B-I-B-L-I-O guides.com, you can search. They even have the Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the U.S., but they have a list of private libraries. 
I will say, though, that not all the libraries are listed. Like, my little town library is not listed. So she's still, like, compiling this list. But chances are you might have one near you. The other thing I would say is look look at the local churches and see. We found one at a Baptist church in our city. Now, here's where I want to expand your mind. If you are at a bigger church that has the capability, please make the suggestion that they open up a private library. Um, homeschooling is on the rise. It's such a great outreach for churches. Um, it's a great way to serve the community. I love the fact that when we walk into Miss Karen's little library, like, and it's not little, it's like three rooms, but I don't, I don't have to worry. Like I, and she has secular and Christian books in there. Let me be clear, but she does not have books that sexualize my children. She has a whole section of parenting books. She's got landscaping books. She's got cooking books. She's got Hardy Boys. She's got Nancy Drew. She's got Magic Treehouse. She's got the Who Was books. Like she has it all, but she vets them before they go into the library. And she's very good about doing that. So if you have, if you're part of a church that has this space, go make this suggestion. You know, have them listen to this podcast so that their eyes are open. I think a lot of people, again, y'all, I live in rural Texas. This should not have happened in my library. Like I could totally see it in Dallas. I could totally see it in San Francisco. This should not have happened in my little town. But it's happening everywhere. It's at the library in the next town over too. So don't be naive. It is happening in your library. Now, I also know that when you ask your church to do something, you need to be willing to be part of the manpower. Like that's the thing is like we're all really good about making our (laughs) suggestions or complaints. But you have to remember like those pastors are tired. They are tired. Pastors are leaving the ministry at an alarming rate because they are tired. They are tired. COVID kicked their butt. And now just how the world is, it's kicking their butts. And so we have got to be able to be willing to step up. And I know that we're mamas and we don't have all the time. So maybe you're the person that finds the books. Maybe you can find some retired ladies in your church that would love to man it. You know, our librarian, she says it twice a week. She does it on Mondays and Wednesdays from 10 to 2. It's And then they have it open on Sundays. But here's my thought is if our town could have five or six of these, then why would a parent, if I have a little library five minutes up the road, why would I go to the city library when this is here and I know that it's safe for my children? And so I'm on this whole mission, quite frankly, to defund the library. Like I want to cut down the garbage. I want to cut down the garbage and the lies that are being fed to our children that they're trying to normalize at a young age. You know, one of my friends brought this up and I thought this was so true. You know, um, with all the gender stuff going on, you know, she said, this is a, this is a body dysmorphia. This is a, um, dysmorphia disorder. So think about anorexia or, um, you know, anorexics think that they're huge, right? We don't treat anorexics with weight loss surgery. We don't treat them with diet pills. No, we put them into a program to help them change their mental state right? We get them help. We get them mental help so that they can recover. Same with alcoholics. You know, that's a disease. Alcoholism is a disease. We don't treat it by giving them more alcohol, even though their body is saying, this is what I need. We don't do that. And so this whole thing has just gotten, y'all, it's just, yeah, we cannot normalize this for our children. You cannot force an ideology onto someone. You cannot. Okay, so The other thing that you can do, so get involved with your church. Find out if you have a local one. If you have property and you're willing, you open up a library. That is what probably is my next step. Um, We have land. I have business owners that are willing to get behind me and help and sponsor. And so I really think that we could fully fund something. And so my thought was, 
build it on my property. I can go homeschool my kids in the morning and have that be our hours. And so like if Karen is open on Mondays and Wednesdays, maybe I'll be open just Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, just to be part of the solution. That is that is my goal. Um, our church is trying to figure out what they can do. We have kind of a smaller space, but we're trying to figure out what we can do at the church. So again, if, if my community had like six to 10 of these in our county, it would be the best thing that could have happened. The best thing. And then all of a sudden people are going to be like, well, why are these libraries all popping up? Like, why, why isn't the, the library just good enough? <laughs> we can be like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you why. Um, because I just, I don't think the problem's going to get better. So one woman, um, so after the books had gotten cold, we also had like a, they had a meeting. So, so since we challenged what the librarian had said about not removing the books, the next step was to have a meeting. And so the city manager brought in really like prominent business owners. I just happened to be there, I think, because I was a squeaky wheel and he brought in prominent business owners and he had them all vote and they discussed it on whether these books should be removed. And I'll never forget that there was this one woman who um, said, sweetheart, I I know your heart is in the right place, but I'm just worried that if you cross this line, then they're going to ban Christian books. It gives them a foot in to ban Christian books and they'll ban the Bible. They'll ban the Bible. And I said, ma'am, out of all due respect, when was the last time you checked out a Bible at a library? Now hear me, I'm telling you guys, people are not checking libraries. I was out of the library, maybe occasionally, but you either have one, your grandma has one, or you're getting a free one at church. Okay. So that argument does not fly with me. So then she said, what about the Christian books? And I said, ma'am, did you look at the images? And she said, no, I'm not going to look at those. And I said, okay, well then we're not talking about the same thing. You have to look at the images. Like I, I don't care. This is not, again, this is not a Republican, a Democratic. This is not a Trump or Biden. This is children being exposed to pornography at young ages where it is normalized. And that is not okay. It's not okay. And if we give an inch, they're going to take a mile and they're going to keep doing it. Y'all, I feel the same way about movies right now. Um, I look up everything on Plugged In and Common Sense Media and I have a tight circle of mama friends and we're good about letting each other know if we see something and I just will not allow my daughter, my, sorry, daughters and dollars <laughs> go um, into forcing an ideology on my family. That is not medically correct. Um, and so, you, you know, you can't, we cannot justify. We cannot justify like, oh, it's just one little scene or it's one little, no, they need to see. There's a reason, you guys, these, these movies are not doing well at the box office and we need to be part of that solution. So my last little solution piece that I have for you, um, and this is where you saw my video that I posted in our Facebook group, and that is to start your own home library. And this is hard for me because I am frugal Fran. Like I love saving money. And so I'm kind of looking at this as more of an investment because I will keep these books for my grandchildren. I really will. Like I'll get rid of all of our homeschool manipulatives and curriculum once we're done Um, but these books will get boxed up and I will save them for my grandchildren because I really feel like after 2018 books just started to go downhill, (laughs) like truly, I mean, they just did. They did. Um, I'm hoping though. I also think that there's a lot of moms who are good writers. There are people who've wanted to be publishers. And I think again, people are wanting to be a solution to the problem. So I think we are going to see more independently published children's books come out, which excites me. Um, And so know that you can do things. You can, you know, if you have a story that, you know, you woke up and thought that'd make a great book, go write it, go write it and leave the garbage out and have great literature about 
character. Like what happened to that? What happened? Like I think about that book that I was telling you about that Lincoln read that had the, the uncle raping the kid. This is like geared towards 10 years, 10 years old. I'm like, what was the, what was the purpose? Someone explained to me, but I think about books that have character building that show valor and bravery and kindness and light and goodness and integrity and bravery. These are all things that I want to instill in my kids. I don't want them to be confused about their bodies and how God has made their bodies. I don't want a seed planted for them to go watch pornography as a child, for God's sake. <laughs> I get like the fact that those words came out of my mouth, you guys, is just the roller coaster. There have been so many times where I've just questioned my sanity that I'm even having to have these discussions with people. So that would be my other suggestion is that you build your home library and share with your friends. If you've got a close group of girlfriends, start like a little like, OK, you order the Benedict books, we'll order the Treehouse books and have like an interfriend loan, you know, and do that. I think that's really important. Make sure you're in the Facebook groups. Um, I'll post the links in the show notes, but there's really great Facebook groups that you can search a book. Look at the zero, the one star ratings on Amazon. That's another way that I look up books um, and see what those say. Those will tell you a lot because someone who you know, got mad about a book, well, they will make a review about it. And so just make sure you guys, when we had our children, you know, God did not instruct us just to let the world raise them. We are their shepherds. We are their shepherds. He has entrusted them. Like I do not own my children. They are daughters and sons of the King of Kings. And they have been entrusted in my care. And I will take care of them and I will protect their hearts and their minds. Hear me, they are not going to be naive. I am raising lions. <laughs> I am raising champions. They will not be naive, but they also will not be sexualized. Other things that you can do, if you find books like this in your library, say something. Say something. If you legally can record the conversation, record it. I, that was one of the best things that I had done. Um, and, um, you know, try, try doing a reconsideration form. I don't want to villainize all libraries because there's also very amazing librarians who are doing a great job keeping this filth out of the library. And so I can't, I can't bunch them in. So I want you to think it's every library, but chances are it's at least a library or two in your county, at least. Um, you know, so say something, speak up, be the brave one to say something. This has consumed a lot of my time over the last almost a year now. Um, but again, I believe that one day I will be held accountable for my actions and when I did and did not speak up. And then lastly, you know, you can write your lawmakers, um, you know, the people that are running for office, ask them specifically, what are you doing to protect the sexualization of children? Not just in our, you know, everyone's focused on the public school libraries, but also the the public libraries because homeschooling is on the rise, you guys. It keeps going up. More and more people are homeschooling. And so what are you doing to protect children in that setting. And, you know, at the end of the day, you guys, we can't live in fear. We also can't live in bitterness. I've really had to check my heart a lot of times. A lot of times I started to default to bitterness and just (sighs) frustration, feeling like I was insane that I was even having to have these conversations. But I also know that, that this is shedding light. God will always shed light on dark places. And at the end of it all, we know who wins. We know who wins. And so while we're here on this earth, it's our job to protect our children.